Good morning. Uh, my name is Dallas. Welcome to Encounter Church, and welcome to August. I mean, who really likes the month of August? Do it, like, raise your hand if August is your favorite month of the year, like your favorite. Okay, actually a few people. All right, okay. Um, can I just tell you what your children are going through right now? And if you have any friends who happen to be teachers or work in schools, what they're going through right now? We, um, in the educational world, we like to call June like a Friday. Uh, July is like a Saturday, and that makes August a Sunday. So right now on August 7th, we're kind of sitting in the middle of late Sunday morning getting ready to go back, and the gloom is starting to set in, and I know for some of you, you're like, I don't care. I'm ready for routine. I'm ready for them to go back and get out of my house and get out of my way, right? Like you love the routine. You want it back. Um, and just being in education for so long, like August has always been this month where I'm like, okay, summer is over. I'm done. Um, we're, I got to go back. And it's just not a very fun month. Um, but you know what's coming up in a couple weeks, right? The pictures. The back-to-school photos, Okay. And I know some of you think, like, I don't want to see another picture of somebody's kids going back and it's saying what grade they're in. But just so you know that moms and parents do that, it's more of like a photo album for them so they can look back and see, hey, this is what my kids looked like a year ago, so many years ago. So it, honestly, it's more for them. Um, but, you know, I've never really been like a, a huge social media person. I would say kind of, you know, I, I'm, my main one is Facebook. Like, I, I would say I do get caught up in Facebook, mainly on videos. Like, I'll, one will catch my eye, and I'll begin to follow it, and then another one, and another one. And my wife's like, you've been sitting there for two and a half hours watching videos, and I can't help it. But the, the, the social media world for me hasn't always been huge. Like, Twitter, I've never been a huge Twitter person. One of my sons has kind of gone through the, the recruiting process for college, and so I've gotten into a Twitter a little bit. But... This is my Twitter account. You notice I'm following 11 people, and I currently have four followers. I think one of those is my wife. I don't even know who the other three are and, like, why they would even follow me. Um, not, not a big Twitter person. Um, but Instagram, I'm doing pretty good. I, I got 276, right? 276. Okay? Uh, and, and some of you are like, 276. Like, come on. Like, that, that, that's not great. And if I was to ask this question, and I know any teenagers in the room are going to know the answer because I've asked it to our youth group, and of course they all knew. Um, the number one, whoever's the most following on Instagram is actually Instagram. You can use that as a trick question. Say, who has the number one following on Instagram, the most followers? It's actually Instagram itself, okay? But what person, who has the most followers of anyone on Instagram? Anybody know? Cristiano Ronaldo, and if you're like me, you're like, who is that? He's a professional soccer player. He has 474 million followers on Instagram, 474 million. That's a lot of people, and I wonder, it, and this is crazy, I actually looked, I'm one of them. I didn't even know it. Like, I, somehow at some point I was following him. Like, I've never really, like, I didn't know. I looked this up this week to see who this was. I asked this to our youth group in the spring, and I had to look it up then, too, but I just, I forget. Um, but obviously, very famous. 
uh, must put up some good posts, do some good videos, something to get all of these followers. And it's interesting to me that word follow. What does it mean to be a follower of somebody, like on Instagram or in the world? Well, we use a word called Christian to describe a follower of Jesus. So how many followers does Jesus have in the world, right? How many people would identify themselves as Christian? Of the 7.7 billion-ish people in the world, how many people identify as a Christian? 2.6 billion people say that they are a Christian in the world. That's a third of the population. So in other words, supposedly, Jesus has 2.6 billion followers on Instagram. No, not on Instagram, but he has 206 point billion people who say they follow him. They are a Christian. And it's interesting that word follow and even the word Christian. When we hear the word follow, we think, okay, like if I said, told somebody, hey, follow me, let's go. They might tag along, right, and maybe go with me where I go. But that's what we think of when we hear the word follow. And we're starting this series for the month of August called Follow. And what we're talking about, what does it look like to follow Jesus? So Jesus often told people when he was walking along, he said, hey, follow me. And oftentimes it seemed like, okay, he's just saying, follow me, go with where I go, tag along. And the New Testament written in Greek, the word for follow is akalatheo. Akalatheo. I've worked on that one hard this week, right? Akalatheo is the Greek word for follow. And what that word actually means is not tag along, not just come with me, but be part of me, do what I'm doing, be part of my mission. So that's what Jesus was saying to people. He was like, help me to complete my mission for the world. And so that's what he meant when he said, follow me. So over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about what does it look like to follow Jesus. And specifically today, we're going to talk about serving. And I know what you're thinking, oh, here we go again. He's going to try to get us to sign up, right? He wants us to go, he wants us to hold babies. He wants us to stand at the front door. It's all he talks about, right? Okay, yes. <laughs> but I'm more specifically talking about Jesus wants us to serve other people. I'm talking about loving on, giving to other people every day of the week, serving other people. And when you hear of, a, of serving, have you ever had a really good server at a restaurant? I bet you remember that bad server you had, right? Like my drink's been sitting empty for 25 minutes and I just ate spicy wings. Like I need something to drink and they're nowhere to be found. Or maybe you've had an awesome server and you're like, every time I take a drink, they fill it back up. Or the ketchup's there, they bring me napkins, they see what I need and they bring it. And then we say things like, oh, they're just working for that tip. <laughs> Which may be the case, right? And we should all tip well. But what if you had a server who was serving you at a restaurant and you ask them, how much do you get paid? And they're like, oh, I don't get paid. Oh, I'm going to give you a good tip then. Oh, I don't, we don't, I don't accept tips. It's like, what? 
What are you talking about? Oh, I'm just, you're so amazing. You're such an awesome server. Oh, I just, why are you so good? I, I serve because I want the establishment to look good. I want the restaurant to look good. You're like, really? In fact, I pay to work here. It's like, that makes no sense. But that's the kind of serving that it looks like to follow Jesus. So, in the, we're going to go to the book of John today. Um, and John was one of Jesus' disciples. And he wrote one of the four Gospels. He wrote down everything he a lot of the things that Jesus did, and he even has said, there is no way, there's enough paper, pen, anything in the world for me to write down everything that I saw. There's so much that Jesus did. But in his, in his book, he, in, the, uh, in, the, in chapter 13 is where we're going to go, Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross soon. And they're in this upper room, and they're getting ready to eat what many of us know is the Last Supper, Jesus' last meal. So they're in this tiny room. Jesus is in there with his disciples, his followers. And so you think, okay, what this is going to look like is they become like, they, they believe that he is the savior of the world, that he is God in the flesh. He has done so many miracles. He has helped so many people. He has taught us so well. And so what's probably going to happen is if, you, if he's saying, I'm not going to be with you for a while, you're sitting at a party with somebody who's going away. I imagine Jesus is probably going to say, all right, here's what I want us to do. Let's go around the table, and each of you, tell me your favorite memory of me. Tell me about your favorite fun time that we had together. Or, you know, like we're going to go around and we're going to share memories, or we're going to do this or that. Like that's what you do for somebody who's going away. But Jesus doesn't do that. He does something crazy. He knows he's getting ready to die for doing no sin, nothing wrong. He's dying for the world. He's about to suffer like no man or woman has ever suffered before. And what he does is an example for us of how he expects us to serve. So in, we'll pick it up in John 13, 3. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he knew his mission. He knew where he was going. The disciples really didn't understand this. They, he had tried to explain it to him, but they didn't understand what he was saying when he had to go away. So then he says, so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. I mean, picture this. In this room, these followers of Jesus sitting around. And Jesus stands up and puts a towel around his waist. It's got to be silent, right? Like, what's he doing? What is he about to do right now? After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, you've probably noticed that I got new shoes on. Probably the first thing you noticed when I came out here, how nice they are, right? Thank you. Um, but they didn't have tennis shoes back then. They wore sandals everywhere they went. They didn't really even have sidewalks or good roadways. When they were traveling somewhere, it was on dirt and mud and grass in sandals. Now, if I were to take my shoes off right now, 
and show you my feet, many of you would leave the room, never come back. Um, my family tells me I have nasty feet. I completely disagree, but, um, but compared to my feet, what these people's feet would look like, imagine how disgusting they were, full of mud, dirt, everything, the, the stuff they may have stepped in, the stain on their feet. This was by far the most disgusting part of their body. And what does Jesus do? He stands up, gets some water, and goes around to each one of them and washes the dirtiest part of them. He doesn't wash their head. He doesn't wash their hands and arms and legs. He chooses to wash what's dirtiest because that's what Jesus does. And many people think, you have no idea what I've done, where I've been. I am too filthy for Jesus. There's no way he wants me. There's no way he wants to cleanse me. Yes, he does. He wants us to know we are to go and reach out and serve and love the dirtiest, the people farthest from God, because that's what he did. And then he goes on, and it says that he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Now, the disciples were like young guys, like I believe teenagers, except for Peter was a little bit older. So Peter was like the one who's like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of like second in command. And he, he would like run his mouth a lot and say a lot of things. But God, he loved Jesus, and he didn't want Jesus to have to go out of his way. So he, he, was, he, he thought of things like very worldly, like th meaning like, okay, this is the way that a ruler a religious leader or somebody does something, so that's what we should do for Jesus. And Jesus was trying to teach him, no, I'm here to flip the script. We're going to do things different. And so Jesus said to him, you do not realize what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Unless I wash you, Peter. But Jesus, I've done so many things for you. I've traveled with you. I've been good to people. I've helped let people know what the old scriptures say. I've come to church. I've done all these things I'm supposed to do. Doesn't that make me clean? Jesus is like, no. I have to wash you. And many people think, you know, all I got to do is do this, 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 and this, and I'm going to go to heaven. When we die and we stand before God, our performance will not matter. It's whether or not we have been cleansed by Jesus. He's the only way. Has he made us clean? Has he washed you clean by what he did on the cross? Do you believe you're a sinner? Do you believe Jesus died for your sins? And have you chosen to live your life for him? That is what, that's, that's how we go. That's how we get there. And Jesus is saying, unless I wash you, Peter. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and head as well. Peter gets it now. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet, but their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. Who's Jesus talking about? He says, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, not everyone was clean. See, Jesus knew that Judas, who was in the room as well, one of his disciples, Judas was going to betray him. Jesus, or Judas was going to go to the government and say, hey, if you give me some money, I'll tell you where Jesus is and you can go get him. He betrayed Jesus. 
And you know, and Jesus knew he was going to do this. You know what Jesus did? He washed his feet anyway, even though he knew he was going to be betrayed. And then when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Imagine the silence in the room. All, he went around and washed all 12. He's got this dirty bucket of water now. He takes off the towel, and he goes and sits down. And they're just like, what just happened? And he said, do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. So Jesus is beginning to show us why should we love on and give to and serve other people. He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. You know that I'm the Savior of the world. You know that I am the teacher, which means they, they believe the teachers knew so much more and they looked up to them. You believe that I am Lord and Savior of the world, and I have chosen to wash your feet. And G because Jesus knew one thing. He knew that serving others is how we change the world. Have you heard, of, like you heard of this saying, like, don't you want to make a dent in the world? I don't want to go through my life without making a dent. So, Chris Cosby's not going to be happy with me. Um, not because I have an aluminum can on the stage, but he's a Coke guy. I'm a Pepsi guy. So, uh, I thought I would use a Pepsi can for this illustration. Yes. Um, but if I were to make a dent in this can right there, right? Like you, you see it, I made a little dent. But did I really change the can? Or is it the same can as it was before? I mean, I could probably pop it right back out, right? Now it's the same as it was before. I made a little impact on it, but then it went right back to what it was like before. But I don't want to make a dent. I want to make a difference. Like, is there any way, I promised myself I wasn't going to cut myself, is, is there any way to make this can what it was before now? It has changed. It is different. And Jesus said, the only way to change the world is to love on, give to, and serve other people, to wash other people's feet. Wait a minute. Jesus, don't we need to, as Christians, as followers of you, Jesus, don't we need to let people know how they're supposed to live their life? No, go wash their feet. Wait, as followers of Jesus, aren't we supposed to let people know who they should be following politically, what decisions they should be making, and if they're not, they're not really your followers. Shouldn't we be doing that? No, wash their feet. Okay, you're not talking about those people, right? Like, we don't want to go and the, 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 the really ones that are far from you over there, okay? We need to let them know, listen, if you keep living your life this way, it's not going to be good. You're going to have a hard life. Don't we need to go tell them? Wash their feet. That's how we change the world. Imagine if tomorrow 2.6 billion people who claim to be Christians we're actually followers of Jesus. And all 2.6 billion of us woke up in the morning. We went to somebody's house with a meal. 
And we said, here, this is for you. By the way, here's a gift card to your favorite restaurant. And why I'm here, I'm going to mow your lawn and pull all your, le- your weeds for you. Why? Who are you? I just want you to know that I love you and I'm here to serve you. That's it. Wow. That, that's how, like, what about that, that person I had an argument with? Like, I'm right and they're wrong. Okay, maybe. But what if you gave them a call and said, hey, you know what, I'm sorry. I still, I still believe what I believe. And, I, I, you know, I know we had this argument. But, you know, can I, can I take you to dinner and just buy your meal for you? What? That doesn't make any sense. Why? See, what Jesus did was crazy. And this was his intention. This is how he thought, I want my people to go change the world. And somewhere along the way, we stopped trying to change the world. And we began just trying to serve ourselves and our own needs and our own interests. And Jesus goes on, he says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Do what I just did. Wash their feet. In other words, he said, serving others is how we show who Jesus is. I, uh, I coach my kids' teams. I used to coach some high school teams, as I shared before. Um, and I've coached a few of my kids' summer baseball teams. And one of my favorite things is the uniforms, right? Each year, each summer, we get these really nice uniforms. It has our town name across the front, really fancy. And on the back, we put the kids' names. The kids are so pumped up. Just look, it says Darnell. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. And, but I would always have to tell my kids, look, we're not throwing helmets. We're not doing that. We're not going to slam our bat down when we get out. We're not going to throw our hands up at the umpires and be like, what? We're not going to start fights with the other team. We're not going to try to do anything dirty. We're going to play fair, and we're going to play good, and we're going to be kind. The kids are like, well, that's no fun. Why, why, would, why are we even here, right? But, see, we're not playing for the name on the back of your jersey. We're here to represent the name on the front. We're here to make our town look good. And when we come into town, people are going to say, hey, that team is awesome. They, they don't throw their bats. They don't throw their helmets. They speak kindly. They cheer for each other. They don't run down the other team or talk about the other team. They represent each other well. And oftentimes, one of the players would start thinking about themselves and do things for themselves, which happens, right? If you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you are on his team, you are playing for him, our job is to make him look good. And my biggest fear and the thing that eats me up every single day is I just did something else that makes him look bad because people know what I believe. They know who I say I follow, and I messed up again. I'm sitting at my son's nine-year-old baseball game yesterday, and I yell across the field something to someone. It's like, and then I'm like, I just asked my wife, like, what am I doing? I did it again. I'm so reactive. I hate myself. And I, I just, because Dallas comes out sometime, because I, what, what I want to do is show people who Jesus is. And the best way to do that, and I've had to do it in my coaching, is I go up to that guy and I say, hey, look, that was me that was yelling. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. 
I do. And he was like, he's blown away. Like, you're apologizing to me? Don't worry about it. No, it's fine. You know, but to make Jesus look good, that's what we have to do is give to others in need. Love others in need. Serve others in need. Find out what they need, even if it's something they don't. If you go give to them or do for them, they're going to be like, why? Because of Jesus. I want to show you who he is, not who I am. I'm a failure, and I just hope from the time that I became, began following him, so many times Dallas continues to come out, but people tell me, you are so good, you're so kind. That's not me, that's him. I want to show you who he is. That's our job. As Christians, as, as Christians meaning many Jesuses, as followers of Jesus, we are to show people who he is, to play for him. And then, sorry, and then he goes on to say, very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So he's telling his disciples this. Serving others is how to live a life that is full. To live a life that is blessed. Do my work. I'm leaving. I need you to take care of my work. I need you to be my hands and feet and wash people's feet i know it's i know it's going to be hard i know it's going to be gross but in my absence i need you to do that a few weeks ago um don and i went away just for a night we never get to do this but our oldest two um, we said you know what we want you guys dagan and davis we want you guys to take care of dane and daly okay and look all we're asking is that you just make sure they get to where they're supposed to be can you just make sure they get to their game on time, that they don't choke on any food, um, that they don't kill each other, and just, you don't even have to play with them or anything, just, we just want one night away, please. And they're like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And so, you know, we go away. Well, that night, Daly had a game, and, and I always prepared him. I, I was like, okay, he, he's just so particular about it. he wants to pitch. He wants to take ground balls. He wants to hit every day he has to. I'm like, Dale, I'm not going to be able to do that today, but I'm, mom and I are going away. Well, Davis took the time. He takes Daly outside, and he lets him pitch to him. He hits him ground balls, and he puts him in the cage, and he, he helps him to hit. And then he tells Dagan, our oldest one, the one who drives, says, listen, I want you to take Dane, I'm sorry, I want you to take Daly to his game. I'm going to ask one of my friends to drive me to Dane's game. That way, Dane doesn't have to be there alone, you know, without one of us there. And I'm just like, what? Who is this kid? <laughs> All they do is fight. But in my, pre in my absence, one of my children made the decision to be me while I was gone because I couldn't be there. He made the decision, I'm going to prepare you daily. We're going to get there. Don't, I know dad's not here, but don't worry. I'm going to prepare you for this game, and you're going to be ready to go. See, Jesus sent his Holy Spirit for those of us who follow him to be like him. And he's not here 
physically. And so he's like, I want you to be the hands and feet of me. I want you to go love them. I want you to go wash their feet. I want you to give to them. I know it's hard. I know they're mean. I know they're awful. I know they don't believe. But I want you to serve them and love them anyway. And so what I did was, when I, when I found this, and my wife told me all this, we're sitting there, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, put, put $30, put $30 more on Davis's card, right? Uh, you, we're going to buy their dinner tonight. We're going to get him ice cream. Like, he did something I didn't even ask him to do. He loved on somebody else, so I want to bless him. And Jesus said, if you will do these things to follow me, to serve others, I will bless you. I'm going to get a new car, a house, not necessarily. I'm going to be slammed full with peace and love and joy. And you know what else? My life is going to be taken care of. Because if you take care of God's business, he will take care of yours. If you take care of God's business, he will take care of yours. And God's business, God is in the business of loving other people, giving to other people, serving other people, taking care of those who can't take care of themselves, going out of your way to love people who are unlovable. And that's what he calls us to do if we are followers of Jesus, to be like him. There's this, uh, this preacher who often, I, I heard him say this line one time, and I was like, that's it. That's what I want to say. That's what I, that's how I'm going to live my life. And though I fail often, it's this. I want to live my life in such a way. I want to live my life to love others, to serve God in such a way that one day I am worthy of hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant. That's how I want to live. So who can you serve? I'm not talking about signing up to serve here. That's awesome, and we want you, and we need you. You have gifts we need. But I'm talking about tomorrow, Monday morning. Who's that person at work that's unbearable, unlovable, that you can take a, coffee, a, cu- a cup of coffee to and say, hey, just wanted to help you get started on the right day. And they're like, what? That makes no sense. It made no sense for Jesus to get up and to wash these people's feet. But he had to show them, this is what I want you to do. Let's pray. God, thank you for the way that you've served us, the way that you have loved us, and mostly for the example that you set, Jesus. You call us to love others. You call us to be your hands and feet. And those of us in this room and online who call ourselves Christians, who say that we follow you, may we begin right now, today, to start to make your name look good, not our own, not our beliefs, not our agenda, but yours, Jesus. Your agenda of loving others, serving others, giving to others. Put people in our path who need to know you, who need to see you, who need to experience some love, and help every single one of us to take steps forward. Jesus, I pray for the 2.6 billion who call themselves Christians. God, may they not just be Christians, but may they be followers of you. And may we start to do things your way, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
We're going to finish up with a song.